Welcome back. We've got a hundred people on TikTok. We've got people jumping on on Instagram. We're back here on YouTube again for part two of this awesome series that we started this week. And this series is the three sins that will utterly destroy you. So we're covering the three sins that you see in the Bible that have led to mass destruction and the three sins that you see lead to people's destruction in life. And we're covering what the word says about those sins, how to avoid them, and the blessing that you'll walk into on account of avoiding those sins altogether. So stick around with me. Also, at the end of this live stream, I'm going to tell you exactly what I was telling you yesterday about the fact that we're giving away Christmas presents this year. I'm so pumped. We're excited. We're going to be giving away Christmas presents. And uh, they're going to be good Christmas presents. The first one I think I'm going to give away is a pair of Apple AirPods. <clears throat> Excuse me. Apple AirPods. So we're going to give away Apple AirPods. We're going to give away like cool shoes, some Air Force Ones. We're going to give away some high-end belts, some bags, some cool stuff that I have planned every single week going into uh, the Christmas season. So all the way until Christmas Day every week, we're going to give away an awesome Christmas present. And if you want to be one of those people that gets one of these Christmas presents, then you make sure that you watch these videos to the end. And I'm going to tell you at the end of each live stream how you can be one of those people that gets a Christmas present. Amen. Amen. Hello, Alicia and Dilster on YouTube. As people are jumping on here, I want to give you some more updates. Yesterday, I told you about this event that we have coming up. We're partnering with Activation Church, which is the group that we just helped to launch a church with out here in Iowa. Activation Church is exploding already. We had over 200 people show up at our opening Sunday, and we've had just about that same number, uh, same number every Sunday since, and we're just continuing to increase. It is so exciting. So I'm telling you, you want to get involved with Activation Church. It's a place to come. I've had people sending me messages on Instagram of people that need healing in their bodies. They need miracles. They need deliverance. If you need deliverance, if you need healing, if you need miracles, if you need prayer, I don't care what state you're in, drive to Iowa and come to one of our church services. Go where you can get helped. And we will lay hands on you like the Bible says. We'll believe God for a miracle. The Bible says in James chapter 5 that the prayer of faith has great power as it is working. So we will pray the prayer of faith and the Holy Spirit will do what he's famous for. And he'll blow cancer out of your body. He'll blow demons out of your body. He'll do just about everything necessary to get you walking in the full power and authority that Jesus died for, for you to walk in. Not for you to walk oppressed by the devil. The Bible says that for this reason, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power to go around doing good and healing everyone who was oppressed of the devil. So if you've had oppression of the devil in your life recently, and you need the Lord to show up, come to our church. It's at the Triple Box in Orange City, Iowa, every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can write that down, the Triple Box. You can Google it. Orange City, Iowa, every Sunday at 10 a.m. And most importantly, this is what I'm letting you know. Hey, Brianna, God bless you. Haven't seen you in a while. Hope you're doing well. If you're on YouTube right now, you can see how I put up on the screen. We've got the 2022 New Year's Revival. We're launching off the 2022 year with revival. You know, if life didn't go your way in the year of 2020, and maybe it didn't go your way this past year, you can guarantee to start your year off right in 2022. 
You come to these revival meetings, get filled up with the power of the Holy Ghost, get a fresh touch from heaven, get clear direction. God speaks to you in Holy Ghost meetings. When you go to a Holy Ghost meeting, you can expect prophetic words. You can expect the power of God to move. You can expect Him to speak direction and vision and clarity into your life. So, I encourage you, come to these three days of revival. December 31st, January 1st, and January 2nd out here in Northwest Iowa at the Triple Box in Orange City. That uh, Friday night, December 31st, will be at 7 p.m., Saturday night, January 1st, will be at 7 p.m. And Sunday morning, January 2nd, will be at 10 a.m. And they are going to be awesome. I'm telling you. And you can come. You can meet me. But most importantly, you can come and have an experience with Jesus Christ himself. Because he will be there. And he will be touching people. All right. Before we get into the message, I'm going to remind everybody that I was telling yesterday. We, oh, Brianna wants to come. Awesome. Come on out, Brianna. We'd love to see you. This year, Revival Way is going to feed 1,000 kids with a group called Feed the Hungry. They are a nonprofit based out of Illinois, I believe, and they feed hungry kids. This year, we are partnering with them to feed 1,000 hungry kids. I know I'm holding these up. You're not going to be able to, to see it, but this is all their information. And you can help us out. So if you have a heart to see the gospel preached, if you have a heart to see hungry kids fed in other countries... You can help us out with that. This little paper that they mailed to me says that in 2021, this is the difference that was made by people like Revival Way and other ministries that have donated to this. It says so far in 2021, we've donated 57,570,000 meals, 12 million, that's hungry people worldwide, 12,879,000 pounds of food to hungry people in the United States throughout throughout ministries in 27 different states, and 381,000 daily meals that were given to orphaned, vulnerable children, and emergency supplies and food for 75,000 refugees from the South Sudan, Congo, Burma, and Afghanistan. Praise the Lord. So if you would like to help us to continue making a difference with Feed the Hungry, we're going to feed a thousand kids this Christmas, and it's going to be a blessing. I've always wanted to feed hungry kids. So now that the Lord has put me in a position to do so, it really just touches my heart. You can see on your screen the different ways that you can give is go to my website, RevivalWay.com. You can go through Cash App, through Venmo, through PayPal, all at RevivalWay, one word. So Venmo is just RevivalWay, one word. Cash App, dollar sign RevivalWay. PayPal is at RevivalWay, just one word. And if you go to the website and you make a bigger donation, you go to click or go to RevivalWay.com and click Partner Financially today. Well, praise the Lord. Let's get into tonight's message. This is going to be a great time. Let me pray for us really quick. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you that I have an opportunity to preach tonight. And I ask that you would anoint me with fresh oil even this moment. That I would preach your word That it wouldn't be my opinion or my feelings, but simply what it is that your word and your spirit have spoken to and through me tonight. Let people be touched and filled with faith. Let people be activated and empowered to go about doing good and healing people that are oppressed. Let them receive freedom. For your word says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I declare people free tonight. 
And I thank you that your word is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it pierces between bone and marrow, even soul and spirit, that it exposes the secrets of men's heart. Purify us by your word tonight, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Let's do this. Sorry, I'm looking at YouTube. It looks like we have a delay on YouTube. I don't know why. DJ, if you're watching on YouTube, can you let me know if there's a delay? Or somebody on Instagram, if you could, go uh, check out the YouTube channel and let me know if there's a delay on the YouTube. Because that will bother me if there is. Alright. This series is three sins that will utterly destroy you. Now, this is not like a prophetic word. I'm not declaring that these sins will destroy you. But I am exposing it for what the Bible says that it is. These sins, if you keep them in your life and you indulge in them, will destroy you. And you know it because you've seen other people destroyed by these sins. Ah, Carla said it's good on YouTube. Thanks, Carla. God bless you. Ah. Oh, we got everybody jumping on. I love it. Last night, I covered alcohol. Now, alcohol itself is not a sin. Drunkenness is a sin. But a lot of Christians like to ride the line with alcohol. They say just one beer here, just a glass of wine there, and they'll justify it until one day they've gone just too far. But if you'll learn anything about sin, you should never ride the fence with sin. You should make it a statement in your life that you run in the opposite direction of sin. Anything that looks like sin, smells like sin, <laughs> anything to do with sin should be behind you and you should be going in the complete opposite direction. And tonight, we're going to talk about that even more. Tonight is going to be about sexual immorality, the different implications of sexual immorality, what the Bible says about sexual immorality, how you can avoid it, and the blessing that you'll walk in because you avoid it. See, God never asks you to sacrifice, to give, or to turn away from anything without being rewarded for it. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that if any man would draw near to God, that he must first believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I want you to type this in the comments for me on Instagram and on TikTok and on YouTube. Type this. Type, God is my rewarder. You have to know God is looking to reward you. God is not looking to stand over you with some ruler or a wooden spoon like your mother and smack you every time you make a mistake. God is standing over you to empower you by his grace that you would not make a mistake and he'll reward you for empowering you to not make mistakes. Tell me that's not like the best deal in the world. So tonight, let's find out what the Bible really says about sexual immorality. Now I want you to understand something about sin. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter five. Carla said, great teaching yesterday. Thank you, brother. God bless. I'm a living testimony of God setting me free from alcohol and marijuana addiction. So all glory to God. God is my rewarder. Amen. Hello, Flipsy. Good to see you. 
Carla, that's an amazing testimony. God bless you. Thanks for sharing. First Peter chapter 5, starting in verse 8. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. I should have preached on that last night with alcohol. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You have to realize every day of your life, you're in a war. Now, you've already won. The Bible says you are more than a conqueror through Christ, but you're still in the war. There's still a war for man's souls. You're already on the winning side. You're already redeemed by the blood of Christ, but the devil is looking to trip you up, to take you to hell, and he's looking to take anyone that you know and that you love to hell with you. So you have to wake up every day knowing that the devil intends to get you to stumble. The devil intends to get you to trip up. Now the Bible says you just resist him. You don't spend your time obsessing over the devil's tricks, over the devil's weapons, over the devil's plans. All you do is you submit to God and you resist the devil. Every time a temptation comes up, anytime the devil tries to slip in and get you to stumble, you resist him and keep on your way with the Lord. Because you have to remain in a constant place of being aware that he's trying to get his foot in any crack in any door of your life as possible. Because once he's in, he can rip the place apart. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. I want you to type this in the comments. Sin devours. Sin devours. Now here's, I didn't plan on preaching this, but it's a good point. If you remember in Malachi chapter 3, the Bible says that when you're a tither and when you give offerings, God will rebuke the who? God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So not only is the devourer rebuked because you are in Christ, but it's almost like a double rebuke because you're a tither and an offerer. There's different areas that the devil tries to come in and rampage in your life. One of them will be your finances. But when you give tithes and you give offerings, the devil is rebuked. The devourer is rebuked for your sake. Verse 9, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the whole world. That means don't throw a pity party saying that the devil's trying to chase you down. The devil's been on the run and he's chasing you all day long. The devil's really just been giving me a bad week, brother. Don't, don't be one of those people. The Bible says all you have to do with the devil is resist him. Now, here's the four stages of sin. And I can't take full credit from this because I got it from one of my mentors, Evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. But he explains it perfectly. And I, I don't know if he came up with this. He might have gotten it from somebody else too. But uh, you can give credit where credit's due, whoever came up with this. The Bible explains sin as having four key components, or in other words, four steps that lead up to accomplishing that sin. Number one, it's seeing with your eyes. So it's always, I saw something. And then number two, it's, I coveted that thing. 
And then number three, it's I took that thing. And then number four, it's I hid. Think about David when he slept with Bathsheba. It said that David, when he was supposed to be out to war with the rest of the kings, decided to stay home. And when he did, when he decided to stay home, he was up on his roof one day and he spotted a beautiful woman, Bathsheba, who was taking a bath. And he saw her. The moment that he saw her, he should have turned away, but he didn't. He kept his eyes fixed on her. And wherever your eyes go, your feet will follow. I want you to write that down. Wherever your eyes go, your feet will follow. That's important to know with sin. Remember, Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. And when your eye is singularly focused on Christ, your whole body is light. But it says if that light that is in your eye is actual darkness, how deep is that darkness? Meaning that if the darkness comes into your light, into your eye, and that's all that's in you, how deep is that darkness? Because your light is just darkness. Wherever your eyes go, your feet will follow. Your eyes are the lamp of your life. They are the light that will lead you. So what you look at will determine what you covet. What you covet will determine what you take. And what you take will determine whether or not you live in guilt, shame, and condemnation, or you live in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Understand that about sin. So with sexual immorality, it always starts with the eyes. The same way that it did with David. He saw Bathsheba, and then he desired her in his heart. Now he could have stopped when he saw her and turned away. Or even when he desired her in his heart, he could have said, No, the Bible is very clear. I will not take another man's wife. That's not going to happen. And he could have turned away at that point. But then three, he got to stage three, and he took what he had seen, and what he had desired. See, if you look at things that are against God's word and you desire them, odds are you will eventually take them. Don't let them enter your eyes and they won't enter your heart. Same thing with your ears. You know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. What's getting pumped into your spirit through your ear gates? Your eye is a gate, your ear is a gate into your heart, into your spirit. And then number four is people hide when they get caught in sin. The same way Adam did in the garden. And Eve, God came back after Eve had seen, coveted, took of the fruit. And then Adam partook as well. And then they were covered in shame because their eyes were opened when they ate the forbidden fruit. And they went and hid from God. Sin will make you hide from God. David did the same thing. He tried to cover up. He tried to hide his sin. First, he tried to get Bathsheba's husband to come back and celebrate, get drunk. He got him drunk, and then he, he sent him to go uh, sleep with his wife so that the man would think that it was his kid when he found out that Bathsheba was pregnant. But the man wouldn't go sleep with his wife, so instead David had him murdered. David covered up the sin. Sexual sin will always, people will always cover up sexual sin, but it will always be exposed. You know, there's a spiritual law that says, be sure your sin will find you out. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, it's impossible to hide sin. 
It's impossible to hide sin. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 3. Before I read this, I want to clarify. What is sexual immorality? Sexual immorality is any type of sexual behavior and action and thought and desire outside of God's word. Anything that opposes God's word is immorality. It's immoral. Sex in and of itself is not bad. God created it. It's beautiful. It's meant to be enjoyed through covenant with a husband and a wife. Sexual immorality is any sexual action outside and against the going against the flow of God's word. So if you're not married and you're having sex or you're doing sexual things, that is sexual immorality. Same sex, sexual immorality. Pornography, sexual immorality. Jesus said if a man even lusts in his heart, he's committed adultery. So let's see what the Bible says about it. Ephesians 5 verse 3, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For sexual, or I'm sorry, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. That's pretty deep. The Bible's pretty straightforward. When people are sexually immoral, they can, they can expect to have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. I don't know who this is. We got to report this person, sorry. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 real quick. You'll notice how with sexual immorality, it always leads to three places. People that are sexually immoral, it always ends up in sickness and disease. In shame that's irremovable, or poverty, or sometimes it's all three. Sexual immorality is always leading toward destruction. If you read the book of Proverbs, how many of the Proverbs address adultery and sexual immorality? Explaining that poverty will come upon you, sickness will come upon you, shame will come upon you. It'll, it'll cause guilt and condemnation that's irremovable in your life. Sexual immorality always causes destruction. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to understand that word, the kingdom of God. When you look up in the Greek, the term the kingdom of God, the word used for that is actually not talking about a place. It's not talking about heaven here. 
which is very interesting. Now, there's plenty of other scriptures that talk about how when you live in sin and you don't repent and you don't turn away from it, that you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But this specific verse, that word kingdom of God that is used, is actually talking about authority and power. And it's saying that when you live in sexual immorality, when there's sexual sin in your life, whether it's premarital sex, homosexual activity, lustful thoughts, addicted to pornography, the Bible says that when you are involved in these things, it is impossible for you to carry the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In order to flow in the power of the Holy Spirit, you need righteousness, you need peace, and you need joy. But when you're indulging in sin, it is impossible to function in the power of the kingdom of God. That is why it is so crucial. It makes you, uh, how can I say this? An ineffective Christian. That's why you look at a vast majority of churches these days. They don't preach against sin. No wonder why they don't have signs and wonders and miracles in their church. No wonder why people aren't getting people healed, getting delivered, getting set free. They don't preach against sin. When people are living in sin, they cannot carry the power of heaven. I want you to type this in the comments. I will carry the power of God. The power of sin that may be in your life right now will be broken like that. The Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If you've struggled with sexual immorality, maybe it's pornography addiction, if it's in any of those realms, it will break off of your life tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And you're going to be free forever. You're going to carry the power of God everywhere you go. And like I said the other night, free people, free people. God will use you to set people free and to keep people free. Hey, God bless you, everybody, on TikTok. Keep tapping the screen. We're at 20,000 likes right now. Let's get to 50,000 likes. You got to live holy. That's why I preached against drinking alcohol last night. If you don't drink alcohol, you're not involved in sexual immorality. You live a holy life. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 that you'll become what's called an honorable vessel for God to use. And power will follow your ministry with signs and wonders and miracles. Every person that I've ever spoken to that has a miracle ministry, they all live holy. They all live holy lives. All right, let's talk about the effects of sexual immorality. Number one, I want to cover adultery. And the reason why I'm covering this, and this is going to be, I'm sure, kind of awkward for, for some people. That's right, Riley. You shall be holy as I am holy. I've had... Uh, and I won't name any specific names because that wouldn't be proper. But I've had women that will send me messages on Instagram or text message or other sorts of social media where they'll try to flirt with me. They'll try to hit on me. They'll try to start mischievous conversation and they're married. This is the sketchy part. Married women, and I'm sure the reason I bring this up is because it's not like I'm trying to boast in it. I, it's, it's shameful. And I pray that the Lord turns them away. But I, I'm sure that even more men do this than women do. I don't know for sure. But I've had women that will slide into my DMs or shoot me messages or somehow get a hold of me. 
and tried to start adulterous conversations. So I'm going to address adultery tonight because it's wicked. It's from the pit of hell and it should be ran away from and dealt with. If you encounter an adulterous spirit, you run in the opposite direction. That's right, Matea. So let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. Let me tell you why sexual immorality, especially with marriage, is so destructive. And if you're watching right now and you've had something like this in your own marriage, I'm not preaching on this to condemn you. I'm preaching, I'm preaching it to show people what the Bible says, to help people avoid that mistake. You don't have to, you don't have to sin and go through these terrible things in order to learn a lesson. You can actually learn from other people's mistakes and you can learn from the Bible. Basically, that's what a large part of the Bible is. Learning from people's mistakes and how God took what the devil intended for evil and flipped it for good. You can learn from people's mistakes, even like adultery. So Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 32. He who commits adultery lacks sense. And for anybody that doesn't know what adultery is, it's having sex outside of marriage. So if you're married to a woman and you have sex with another woman, that is adultery. Having sex outside of your covenantal marriage. If a man has sex with a woman he's not married to, or if a woman has sex to a man that she's not married to, that is adultery. He or she who commits adultery lacks sense. Means they're stupid. Anyone that would even take the path, I'll say that. The Bible says that those that do that have adulterous sex are dumb. They lack sense. I would say those that even consider it, those that it's even a thought that pops up, they lack sense. Because if you read the Bible at all, all you have to do is read the book of Proverbs, and you'll see every destructive thing that comes into people's lives because of adultery. All you have to do is read the book of Proverbs, and it does not take much sense to never even give thought to committing adultery. He who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his disgrace will never be wiped away. Adultery creates disgrace that will never be wiped away. I know people who have had adulterous relations in their marriages and stuff. And like I said, I'm not preaching on this to condemn anybody. People make mistakes. You don't have to make mistakes, but sometimes people make mistakes. God forgives you. He'll redeem you. If you've, re if you've repented and turned away, God forgives. But people are not as forgiving. And it says that disgrace will come on people's lives because of adultery that will never leave. Meaning that even if I had a ministry right now, that I was reaching, I am reaching millions of people, but let's say I was on television, let's say I had a massive YouTube channel, let's say I'm just reaching unbelievable amounts of people, maybe I build the biggest church in America, I've got 50,000 people coming every Sunday to my church in America, and all of a sudden I have an affair. People are not going to care how many people I've led to the Lord, people are not going to care how many people follow me on social media, they're not going to care about how many miracles have happened in my meetings, all they're going to care about is the fact that I'm a preacher and I committed adultery. So I've drawn a line in the sand. That will not be me. Not now, not never. I will never cross that line. And tonight is the night that you can decide that you will never cross that line either. I want you to type that in the comments. Say, I 
will never cross that line. In Jesus' name. That's right. Carla said, run from a Jezebel spirit. Hey, Daniel, Joshua, Ray, Acacia. Good to see you, everybody, on YouTube. I love you. Run from an adulterous spirit. If you're a man and a woman that's married tries to come after you, run in the opposite direction. Don't respond. Don't even give it attention. It's a test. Well, I shouldn't say it's not from God. It's a temptation from the devil, but it'll ultimately be a test that you can conquer. You can pass the test and God will promote you because of it. So adultery. Now let's keep reading. Verse 34, Proverbs 6, 34. For jealousy makes a man furious and he will not spare when he takes revenge. He will accept no compensation. He will refuse though you multiply gifts. So it says here that when you commit adultery, these this is the destruction that adultery causes. You're almost guaranteed to get a divorce. You'll probably lose your kids. You'll lose half your money because of the divorce. It'll be a shame that follows you everywhere you go. You will always be remembered as the guy or girl that committed adultery. And it says that revenge makes a person furious. So when that person, if you go and sleep with some dude's wife, that guy gets revenge on you. He will not hold back, the Bible says. He'll do whatever he can to take his revenge out on you. So he could possibly kill you. You never know. And it says no matter how much compensation you try to pay his way, it will never suffice. That is the destruction that adultery brings. Now, what about sex before marriage? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 with me again. So, think about it this way. When you decide that you're not going to be somebody that has adultery in your marriage, you're guaranteed to have a blessed marriage. You're guaranteed to never have shame that will follow you. And you're guaranteed to never have to, to go through that junk. What uh, I'm trying to think about, I don't know the exact stats, but you look at stats for divorce amongst Christians. I'm sure a high number of divorces has to do with some type of adultery. I know the, the vast majority has to do with finances, but I'm sure there's a lot that have to do with adultery. When people commit adultery, divorce quickly follows after. So you don't have to worry about divorce. You don't have to worry about losing your money, losing your kids, losing your wife, losing your future. I've never met somebody that said, man, when I committed adultery against my wife and I married this new, this new uh, stripper that I've been seeing on the weekends, my life got way better. I've never heard it. All I've ever heard from people that have committed adultery is how much they regret it and they would do anything to take back that action. But you're not going to be one of those people. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Well, we already read through verse 10. Let's start at verse 11. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. Verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, 
but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise up raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, I will glorify God with my body. Amen. See, the difference between sexual immorality and other sins is that when you commit sexual immorality, you're sinning against your own body. But what does it say shortly after that? Your body is not your own. Remember, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Your body was bought with a price. So we don't prostitute our bodies. You have to understand, your body, the highest price that could ever be paid was paid for your body. Don't look at yourself as cheap. You are far more expensive than just giving yourself over to some high school jock. You are far more valuable than just sleeping with every woman that comes across your path. You have to understand who you are. You are a temple of the Holy Ghost. The highest price ever in the existence of eternity. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed that this would be redeemed. Do not cheapen it to a one-night stand. Do not cheapen it to a one-night stand. So what is the destruction of sexual immorality before marriage? Did you know if a man and a woman never have sex until they get married, there is a 100% chance that they will never get an STD if they never have sex with anybody else and only each other? You are guaranteed to never get a sexually transmitted disease if you abstain from sex and your partner abstains from sex until marriage. So you're guaranteed that sickness and disease will not enter your sex life. And the blessing of Abraham, amongst others, comes upon your womb, comes upon your children. The blessing of God comes upon your marriage. So the destruction is that when you're running around sleeping with women or sleeping with dudes, you can get an STD, sexually transmitted disease, which almost none of them go away. If you get HIV AIDS from like homosexual activity or even just normal sex, there's no cure for HIV AIDS. Or you could knock somebody up. You could get a girl pregnant. Or if you're a girl, you could get pregnant. And kids are not mistakes. But when, even the right thing done at the, right, at the wrong time is the wrong thing. It's got to be done in a covenant. Think about the destruction that follows sexual immorality and read the Bible on it. You know, there's a, a good tip that I was given a long time ago that said if you're ever concerned about how God feels about a topic, like if you're struggling with sexual temptation 
or if somebody's a pornographer, they're they're uh, addicted to pornography or drinking or having sex before marriage. If that's a struggle in your life, all you have to do is take a moment and read the Bible and what it says about that topic. So if you've struggled with pornography addiction, take 10 minutes tonight to find out all the Bible verses about sexual immorality, about lust in your heart. Read them and the Holy Ghost will convict you into a position to where you do not give in to sexual temptation. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, God will never allow you to be tempted beyond your means and he'll always provide a way out for you when you're tempted. So you're guaranteed that you don't have to fall in to sexual immorality. And when you don't, you will be blessed in your marriage. You'll be blessed in the fruit of your womb. You'll be blessed in your health. Your finances will be blessed when you get married one day. You'll never have to dig up your past and tell your wife all the people that you hooked up with. You'll never have to tell your husband all the men that you've shared yourself with. And remember, Paul said, don't you know you become one flesh with somebody when you have sex with them? So having premarital sex, you actually mix your spirits with that person. You become one with one another. So I'll just I'll give it to you straight. If that person is harboring demons and you have sex with them, you've now opened up your spirit to withhold and allow all the demons that are harbored in that person to invade your life. Because you've just made a sexual agreement with them. You've just combined spirits. So every spirit that could be attached to you now has legal right to that person. And any spirit that's in or upon that person now has legal right to you. It's not a game. Avoid sexual immorality at all costs. Remember what Joseph said with Potiphar's wife. When Potiphar's wife tried to get Joseph to be sexually immoral with him, he didn't say, look, I'd love to, but I'm really not supposed to. No, he said, how could I do such a wicked thing to God? And he ran out of the house. That is how you have to treat sexual immorality. That's why Paul wrote, he said, flee youthful passions. Flee youthful passions. There's a time and a place to get married and to make love with your future wife and your future husband. Don't cheapen it to a one-night stand. All right, last point here. And then I'm going to tell you about what will happen when you completely avoid these things and the blessing that's going to come on your life. Number three, pornography. That's right, Matea. Go to Matthew chapter 5 with me. We're going to wrap this up. This will bless you. If you take this seriously and you remove alcohol from your life, you remove sexual immorality from your life, and you remove Friday night's teaching from your life, you will be blessed beyond measure. It'll seem like everybody around you is going backwards and you will go nothing but upward. You will see unbelievable promotion you will see unbelievable success. You'll have peace in your heart with God. You'll know you're in right standing with Him. When you live a holy life, I don't wake up stressed at all. I wake up and I know for a fact that I'm in right standing with God every single day. I wake up every single day and I know for a fact that I don't have to worry about getting some call from some chick that I slept with last night or getting some call about something stupid that I did drinking last weekend. I don't think about any of that. I wake up and I'm blessed. I go to sleep. I sleep like a baby. There's no guilt that follows me. The Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. 
and the wicked flee when nobody pursues them. When people live in a wicked life, a wicked lifestyle, they're getting drunk, they're running around having sex with everybody. Have you ever noticed they're always looking over their shoulder? They always seem super paranoid. It always seems like people are coming after them. They feel like the whole world is against them. They always say something stupid like, it's just me against the world, bro. That's not your case. You live holy. You're guaranteed to be as righteous and as bold as a lion. Amen. Michelle, God bless you. John Stafford, my brother, I love you. Ray, Miguel. Hello on YouTube. So glad you guys are with me tonight. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube right now, if you're watching live or if you're watching after this has been posted, I want you to give this video a thumbs up and share it with a friend. And if you're on TikTok right now and you don't already follow me on uh, YouTube, go check me out. Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. <laughs> now let's read the next two verses. This is always funny to me. Because you never see anywhere in the Bible where God ever exaggerates. You never see in the Bible anywhere where God says, Oh, I didn't really mean that. I was just saying. But listen to how Jesus preached against sin. If your right eye causes you to sin... Tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. He didn't say, if you keep living in sin, you will inherit heaven. He said, if you keep living in sin, it will put you in hell. That's one way to preach on it. <laughs> so Jesus said, the, the requirement for living a holy life is to live so empowered by the grace of God that you don't even look at a woman with lustful intent. Now to admire somebody's beauty and to be sexually attracted to your wife and to be, to be attracted to somebody is not wrong. God gave you desires to be attracted to the opposite sex. But it's with lustful, evil intent. When you have evil intent in your heart, to where, I mean, look at the pornography industry. All the pornography industry is, is lust. Evil intent. Women are just pieces of meat. Men are just pieces of meat. All they do is rub these pieces of meat together and then put it on video and billions of people watch Hey, I see the Pope is watching on Instagram. Good to see you. Pope Evan Krauss. So the entire pornography industry is based off of lust. Now in a lot of like seeker sensitive circles and watered down churches, people will say, oh, I don't believe masturbation and pornography is a sin. Or they'll say, well, what if I don't watch pornography, but I just masturbate? Well, <laughs> If you ever introduce somebody to me that says, oh yeah, I masturbate without having any sexual thought, then uh, I'll give you a hundred bucks, but you won't find it. It's impossible to do anything sexually before marriage that isn't lustful in your heart. So in order to like masturbate and watch pornography, that 
is a result of lustful intention in the heart. So Jesus preached on it pretty seriously. He said, avoid that stuff altogether. Live holy. Live holy. Isabella, my friend. God bless you. I love you. So those are the three areas I wanted to cover when it comes to sexual immorality. Sex before marriage, adultery, and pornography. Now with pornography, the thing is, is pornography isn't something, well, I mean, your your uh, search history, yeah, it is kind of funny, like if God sees your search history, so you're not really hiding your search history, the Bible says, be careful that your sin will find you out. You know, I've been wondering, and I've had this crazy thought lately, and I was like, you know, with the way that the government and everybody, you hear all these jokes about FBI agents and everyone following your phone and looking at your phone. There's going to come a time, there's going to come a day, if it hasn't come already, where people are going to be exposed on social media. All the way from the videos that they watch, their search history, to the pictures they like on Instagram, all over the all over social media. I saw this is actually not like a rip on the Pope. I actually saw this recently. If you Google the Pope um, liking women in bikini pictures, you'll find a crazy amount of uh, just <laughs> journals and stuff ripping the Pope apart because he liked, I don't know if it was this one or the one before, I can't remember. It's got to be this one. This dude's like crazy old. Uh, that he liked women's bikini pictures on Instagram and it just, poof, went viral. And that's what happens. The devil will wait for you to watch that pornography video one time, to rent that movie, to like that picture, to look at something a little too long, and then it'll be exposed. It'll be thrown out there for the whole world to see. I heard my friend Evangelist Jonathan teach uh, recently about something like this. And he shared this story about a preacher who had an awesome ministry. He was raising up the multitudes for Jesus Christ, soul winning just awesome, like man of God. People loved him and adored him. And he got a hotel room one night in this town where he was getting ready to go preach at this conference. And uh, this man had a pornography issue. And he never talked to anybody about it, apparently. He never dealt with it. So he goes to the adult film store. And at the adult film store, he gets an adult movie, a pornography movie, takes it back to his hotel room, uses it that night. And then he's run into the uh, conference the next day to go preach. And he was running late to the conference. So he didn't have time to go drop off the movie. So he stopped by the front desk. And there was a kid working there who was in college. And he slipped him a $50 bill. And he said, hey, here's 50 bucks. If you could do me a favor, take this and return it. I got to run to a meeting real quick. And the guy said, all right, yeah, I'll return it for you. The preacher didn't know that the kid at the front desk was in the Bible college that he was getting ready to go preach at. So this kid goes and returns this crude video to the store and then goes to the conference to learn and sees that preacher up on stage preaching the gospel. And the kid exposed this preacher and said, I don't know if he should be up there. This is what happened earlier. He paid me to go take this, this disgusting video back. And that man's ministry went to kaput. It takes one little episode like that. So not only is this guilt and shame and condemnation follow you when you live in a sexual immorality or a sexually immoral life, 
but it'll be exposed. Sin is always exposed. So it's up to us by the word of God and by the power of his spirit to remove anything sinful from our lives, lest we be exposed. Say this in the comments. Say, I will not be exposed. And you won't be exposed. God is gracious. Hey, wow, my boy. Gabe. Gabe, I'm so glad that you're out of the hospital, it seems like. You must be doing well. We've been praying for you, brother. We've been raising money for you to get well. I'm so glad that you're on here, man. I love you. God bless you. My prayers are for you and your family. Glad you're doing well. You will not be exposed. All right. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to close on this. These live streams have been going longer lately, huh? Praise the Lord. People are sticking around. You must like it. Listen to what happens when you live a righteous life. Check this out. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. You loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. I want you to type this in the comments. Say, I'm anointed beyond my companions. The Bible says when you love righteousness and you remove all that wicked stuff from your life, God anoints you even more than your companions. That's right, Riley. Luke 12, 1 what's through three what's done in the dark will be brought to the light thanks Matea. god bless you so hebrews 1 9 says that when you walk righteous and you love righteousness god will anoint you more than the people around you more than the people that are living in adultery more than the people that are walking around in sexual immorality more than the people that are secretly addicted to pornography now, do people have issues and they need freedom? Absolutely. They can get freedom. They can come and receive a touch from heaven and the yoke of bondage will be destroyed. But you don't even have to go into that yoke. You can choose today and you will choose today. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. Today is your day where you make ground in the kingdom of heaven, where you're promoted because you've loved righteousness and you've hated wickedness. And if you have been trapped with all that stuff, it leaves your life now. If you've got pornography addiction, I break it off of your life now forever. If you've been in sexual immorality, you haven't been faithful to your husband, you haven't been faithful to your wife, I break it off of you now in Jesus' mighty name. And God gives you time now to get right, to walk in freedom, and to receive the oil of gladness even more than your companions. Praise the Lord. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. And don't forget, stick around to the end, because I'm going to tell you how to get these Christmas presents. I really want to bless people. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. I want you to write this in the comments. I'm a vessel of gold and silver. Gold and silver are for honorable use. Wood and clay are for dishonorable use. You're going to be a vessel that's used honorably by God. <clears throat> Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable... 
He will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. When you remove sexual immorality from your life, you will become a vessel that God will use honorably. He'll use you to change your family. He'll use you to change exactly where you live. He'll even use you to change a nation. When you draw a line in the sand and you say, I choose today to be a vessel of gold and silver for God's kingdom, he will bless you beyond belief. He'll empower you by his spirit. And starting tonight, he will use you to do those great things that you've desired in your heart, to see your family born again, to see the school that you go to flipped upside down with revival. All those things you've prayed for, all those things you've cried out to God, to God for at night, he'll make them happen when you choose to be a holy vessel to the Lord. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Be holy, for I am holy. I want to pray for people right now before we close out tonight. If you've struggled with pornography addiction, with sexual immorality, with drunkenness, and even if you're a Christian right now and you even just go to the bar on the weekends and you like try to justify it or something, but you know you're convicted, you know you can get right with God, or maybe you've just stumbled in pornography every once in a while and you just can't seem to shake it, tonight's your night to receive total freedom. And I'm going to pray for you, and the power of God's Spirit's going to hit you right where you're at. You're going to be set free forever. If that's you right now and you say, Taylor, I want prayer, I want you to put your hands up like this and I'm going to pray for you right now. There's no distance in the spirit. So as I pray, the power of God's going to set you free. Put your hands up and close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I break, I break every spirit of addiction to pornography off of their life now. Every alcohol spirit, Leaves them now in Jesus' mighty name. Every wicked spirit of adultery and lust leaves your life today in Jesus' mighty name. And I command their flesh be subject to their spirit starting today. Full freedom according to your word. Your word says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I command them be made free now. That yoke breaks off of your life today and it never comes back in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, whatever evil thing has come upon their body because of sexual immorality or drunkenness, if they've caught a disease or they've had an infirmity, whatever destruction has come up across their path, I call it redeemed today by the blood of Jesus. They receive full healing and reconciliation according to your word, for you can redeem anything in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you, everybody. Praise the Lord. Well, I hope you enjoyed tonight's preaching. This was a great message. I'm going to give people an opportunity to give to the ministry now. So if you don't like offerings, there's some guy on TikTok that keeps saying I'm going to charge like $29.95 or something like that. If you think I'm that cheap, you're crazy. I've been telling people to sell $1,000. <laughs>
to see God have crazy breakthrough in their life like he did for me. We're going to take an offering now. So if you don't like offerings, now would be the time to leave. But if you do like giving to the advancement of the kingdom, hey, Sarah, God bless you. Then, uh, I'm not sure I understand. Not you. If you do like giving, then uh, stick around. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some cool stuff with you about what the Bible says about giving. Listen to these blessings that God gives to people for taking care of hungry people. This is so encouraging. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 9. Whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. The Bible says that when you share your finances and your food with those that can't afford it, a blessing comes on your life to multiply abundantly. Proverbs chapter 19, verse uh, 17, says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. When you give to the needy and to the poor, God repays you. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because when you give, that person receives from you, but God actually blesses you more than you bless that person. And then, of course, if you're familiar at all, with taking offerings on this live stream, we always cover 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, where it says that all your giving, when it's done cheerfully and in faith, God makes all grace abound toward you in all sufficiency, at all times, in all things. So I'm going to give people an opportunity to give to the ministry now. As you can see on YouTube on the screen, Here's the different ways that you can give. You can give financially to the ministry through Venmo, through Cash App, or through PayPal, all at Revival Way. And you can guarantee God will bless your finances when you give. Remember how I covered in Malachi chapter 3, it says God will rebuke the devourer for your sake. God rebukes the devil to take his hands off of your money when you bless the kingdom of God with it. B.C. said 2 Corinthians what? 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. So, if you didn't catch it at the beginning, this year for Christmas, Revival Way, this ministry is going to feed 1,000 kids for Christmas. So, if you want to help us to feed 1,000 kids for Christmas with an organization called Feed the Hungry, you can go look them up. They're an awesome organization called Feed the Hungry. You can find them on Instagram and uh, their website, feedthehungry.com, I believe. If you have a heart to see hungry kids taken care of this Christmas, you can help us feed a thousand hungry kids this Christmas through my website, RevivalWay.com. You can click Partner Financially today or through Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal. Also, we support eight other ministries that are getting souls won. They're feeding hungry kids. Revival Way supports financially eight other ministries. So when you give to this ministry, not only do we feed the hungry, we also bless eight other ministries that are out doing almost exactly what we're doing, which is a blast. And don't forget, we've got our big New Year's event coming up to launch the new year the right way with Revival. So if you want to see Revival happen in America and you've been blessed by Revival Way, and you want to help us with these outreaches that we're going to be doing come 2022, you can also sow that way. I've been crunching numbers for uh, these ministry outreaches. Starting in 2022, we're going to have our massive revival 
out here in Iowa, December 31st, January 1st, and January 2nd to launch off the new year. And then every month or every other month, we're going to be doing big events in different states. So we're getting stuff lined up for Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Sioux City, uh, Iowa, Omaha, Nebraska, Louisiana, Big Bear Lake, California, Field of Dreams in Iowa. So we've got all these events that we're lining up right now for 2022. It's going to be awesome. And in case you're not familiar, uh, these events, just from the numbers I've been crunching, can cost upwards of like $10,000 or more every single event. So when you give financially to the ministry, those finances go, go toward those events too. And we see people get born again. We had an FCA event uh, recently that I, I got asked to go preach at. We saw 150 young kids give their life to the Lord. We did a tent revival in Minnesota this past year. Uh, we just saw tons of people give their life to the Lord. So these outreaches get people saved. They get people blessed. We go in and change the community. So when you give financially, that's where the money goes. We can advance the gospel and feed the hungry. And it's a great, great time. Also, I told you at the end of the live stream, I would tell you how to get these Christmas presents. So let's talk about how to get these Christmas presents. This is the deal. If you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on TikTok or you're watching on Instagram, if you want to be a part of the people that get picked for these Christmas presents, as soon as I post this video on my Instagram, the requirement for you to be a part of the raffle for a Christmas present is you must go post this video on your Instagram story, tag me in it, and tag three of your friends in the comments. And when you do that, shoot me a DM and say, done. And when you shoot me that DM and say, done, we'll put you on a piece of paper. We'll put it in a raffle and we're going to take all the names and put it in a Santa hat. And I will pull a name once a week, each week until Christmas, and you will be blessed with a Christmas present. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Well, I'll give people a moment to give and I'll just hang out with you. Ask the Lord what he'd have you give to the ministry, and then we'll pray together right now. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you for every individual that's giving to the ministry today. Bless their finances, bless their home, bless their family, bless their socks off. I join my faith with every person today that's giving financially. I pray you would touch their heart and encourage them to give the biggest seed they've ever given. To reap the biggest harvest they've ever they've ever reaped in Jesus' mighty name. Let it be done unto them. A hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, but always pressed down, shaken together, and running over according to their faith. We call it done in Jesus' mighty name, and we thank you for it. Amen. And amen. Well, everybody, God bless you. Go ahead, share this Instagram on your story after we post it, and make sure that you tag me in it, and you tag three friends in the comments of this video, and then shoot me a message and say, done, and I'm going to add you to this Christmas raffle. God bless you. I love you so much. No live stream tomorrow night. I've got Friendsgiving with my team, but Friday night, we're going to cover part three of the three sins that will destroy you. Be blessed. I love you. Adios, everybody.